Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the 20th Century Girls podcast. (laughs) Well, well, if you happen to read the title of today's episode or know this uh, little famous quote from this movie, then you probably have the idea that we are talking about the famous musical Singing in the Rain. Yes. I've been waiting for this. I'm so excited. Yeah, I know Megan is super excited. I'm excited because we're going to be talking about like a whole bunch of movie facts and our favorite moments in this movie. Um, and I know this is Megan's favorite musical of all time, probably. It's my, it's my number two movie of top five movies of like all time. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's my go-to like old Hollywood movie. If I have to, if I'm going to put on something, I'm putting on Singing in the Rain. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So we're going to get started with a little bit of about the movie, such as like the synopsis and the famous wonderful stars in this film. Uh, Megan, go ahead. Take it away. Okay. So released on April 11th, 1952, Singing in the Rain stars Gene Kelly, Donald O'Connor, Debbie Reynolds, and Gene Hagen as probably the four like principal actors, I would say. Um, it was directed by Stanley Donan and Gene Kelly himself. Um, yes. Absolute genius that he is, in my opinion, as tough as he is as well <laughs> he co-directed a lot of the films he was in actually as okay. well as choreographed practically almost the whole thing too but yeah I, that's something surprising when i was watching the gene kelly films like he did a lot of co-directing very interesting yeah honestly i fully believe that gene kelly is a hundred percent a genius he's tough like all the production facts we go over and we've mentioned before about debbie reynolds and how much she went through with this movie but he was a bit he was a big perfectionist but i mean the movies he was in turned out amazing (laughs) Mm -hmm. and yeah um i think i may have mentioned this earlier on uh his style compared to fred astaire style like you know like the girls that they dance with you can tell just by the way they look and feel if they dance with either fred astaire or gene kelly now for gene kelly he was very athletic and such as, he, of course, he tried to do all his own crazy stunts as well. Yeah. Um, so he did he most said, of his own stunts. The only yeah. stunt he wouldn't do is ride a horse. Really? That's wow. That's it. Okay. Yeah. He <laughs> didn't want to ride a horse. That was his one thing that, for some reason, he was like, "I won't do this." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Choreographers, dancers, they're perfectionists, and you know, you get the job done. I mean. It all always got done, and it always ended up ended up amazing. So, I mm-hmm. I can't complain. Like I said, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay, so a basic synopsis of the movie. Um, the movie opens with uh, Gene Kelly and Gene Hagen's characters. Um, we'll just be for referring to them as like their movie names. I figured it opens with Gene Kelly's character uh, Don Lockwood. He is basically, he kind of goes over the story of his life a little bit. Um, it's interesting because it starts off with him being like kind of a stuntman. And I find it funny that we just talked about Gene Kelly doing his own stunts. Um, but yeah, then he basically gets offered to kind of just become a big star in like movies and things. He starts starring with Gene Hagen's character, Lena Lamont. Obviously, they you've seen 
in Hollywood, they have fake romances and things like that. That's one of, they make a commentary on it in the movie. Um, Mm -hmm. Publicity stunts, basically. Uh, But then they end up heading to a party. Uh, Cosmo, who is uh, Donald O'Connor's character, their car breaks down. And Gene Kelly then has to, I mean, Don Lockwood. I keep saying their actual names by mistake. Uh, But he has to then try to get into another car. And he ends up landing in Kathy Selden's car, who's played by Debbie Reynolds. And that is how they meet. And I think they have the funniest meeting ever. Just because (laughs) she spends the entire time criticizing him. And he's, like, thrown thrown off, basically. But... Like I said, I love Gene Kelly's acting, so the way that he plays it is really funny. They end up at this party. Obviously, then they show some movies and things where talkies become a thing, which we talked about in earlier episodes where films were starting to have sound. And eventually, things like sound end up having to become a big factor. Uh, Some of my favorite Lena Lamont quotes and things were from these sound bites that they were trying to record for her. Mm-hmm. Um, iconic. Just absolutely iconic. Um, but yeah, so these kind of things come up. There's a whole bunch of mishaps, a whole bunch of craziness. Um, you have a really sweet love story. Um, but yeah, that's the basic. I don't want to spoil too much for everybody. Uh, I obviously recommend watching the movie and some amazing musical numbers as well. But yeah, that's a basic overview of Singing in the Rain. Oh, absolutely. And as you were mentioning, some favorite iconic mm-hmm. lines from specifically Lena Lamont, at least for me, all of my favorite lines in this movie come from Lena Lamont. Basically, yeah. Some of my so... favorite moments are from different uh, parts, but yeah, my favorite lines and the ones that I can quote so distinctly. <laughs> It's, it's all, all her. Dean Hagen was seriously amazing. And she's so underrated in this movie. So mm-hmm. She's hilarious. I'm like, from the voice that she does, because that is not her real voice. So, it's Really? Not. Well, she has a high-pitched voice, but I think she just... She doesn't have... Heightens it a lot She heightens more. it really a lot in this movie. But actually, if you watch a couple other Gene Hagen um, movies, she actually somewhat has, like, she can have, like, a deeper voice. And there's a few, mm-hmm. a few fun facts um, I have in here. Uh, basically, if you watch this movie, a big thing in this movie is dubbing. Mm-hmm. So the whole movie basically is about like how they're having to dub over Lena Lamont's voice because her voice mm-hmm. is too high-pitched and people wouldn't really take to it, which is actually a problem for a lot of actors and actresses when... Yeah from the 1920s a lot yeah. of them pretty much lost their careers yeah. if they didn't have a good basically voice. they went to diction coaches and all these different things um but yeah so they're trying to dub over her voice and there's a scene where um basically kathy's character she's dubbing over the voice with gene kelly but you'll hear the voice over like when you when you hear her talk, basically you hear like she's recording over Liam Lamont's voice, mm-hmm. and that's actually Jean Haggin speaking. Oh, it's not her singing. Wow. The singing is done by a woman named Betty No Noah's. 
noise noise noise, noise I, I something like that yeah exactly mm-hmm. like we said before i'm really bad at pronunciation but the singing is done by her but that actual voice like the speaking voice is actually gene haggard because you can listen to debbie reynolds voice when she sings and when mm-hmm. she talks and that doesn't sound anything like like the movie that she's dubbing so i just found that super interesting interesting yeah, because I just recently saw Adam's Rib, which is a Spencer Tracy and Katherine Hepburn mm-hmm. film. And I was like, I saw her name. It blanked out. Like, I was like, I know that Jean Hagen, I know that name. <laughs> and then I heard her voice and I'm like, I know exactly who that is. This is Alina yeah. Lamont. I believe that was actually, she was a brunette at mm-hmm. the time. And that was her first film debut as well in oh, that yeah. movie. Um she still had a high pitch, definitely nowhere near as dramatic no, she, as it is in this movie. She exaggerates this voice but, for a while, and it was quite the surprise yeah. to people. But I mean, she does amazing. She's it, yeah, but you still, she still has the same tone where I just picked it up instantly, and I was like, "Oh, that's mm-hmm. who it is." But yeah, some of the best quotes come from her for sure. Yeah, so some iconic ones, such as the one in the very beginning. <clears throat> And I can't stand him. It's so <laughs> iconic. I, I, I could say that all day long. It never gets old. And then, of course, uh, when some of the editing goes wrong <laughs> in um, one of their films that they're making, you get, no, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. Or back and forth. I always get mixed up. But either way, it's, it's hilarious. You know. If you've seen it, you know exactly so what it good. is. It's one of those scenes that's like, it's not really talked about, but basically the audio. It's, it's hilarious, hilarious, though. It's, it's just so good. It's, it's such a good part uh, of the movie. And then for me, one of the parts where she gets really angry. <laughs> I love, she's like, what's the big idea? That's one of her like iconic lines is whenever she gets angry, she just gets this really high pitch. Like, what? And it's high-pitched yet raspy mm-hmm. at the same time. And it's so good. Like, the fire going on in her eyes. Is, oh, it's, it's so, so amazing. Funny. One of my favorite lines is it- definitely um, later on when they're recording the sound and things like that. She can't – she keeps, like, moving her head and stuff like they would in a silent film and, mm-hmm. like, and things like that. So they're <laughs> trying to get her so hard to talk into the speaker that's in a bush right in front of and she just goes, like, they're trying so hard, and she's like, well, I can't make love to a bush. To a bush? <laughs> oh, I always forget that one. Oh, my God, that's one of my favorites, I'm like, too. it's so good. It's one of those ones that just makes me laugh all the time, and she's just, it's she's, like, I, literally iconic. Is. Oh, my goodness. Like, of course, there are, like, moments and musical numbers that are completely historically iconic in this film but when it comes to the lines i don't know anyone else's lines except lena's i can (laughs) quote like all of lena i mean i can quote this whole movie so i'm not really one to talk but i just her lines are the ones that just stick with me like so like i feel like the whole day after i watched this movie i'm just quoting all of her lines (laughs) i'm Mm -hmm. not very good at the voice i wish i was because it would make it would like sound a heck of a lot better because it doesn't sound as funny i try i like i like to practice it for fun so because you know why not so so good (laughs) oh gosh okay so yes of course there are many amazing moments in this film um for me personally 
Uh, my favorite moments, of course, are the musical numbers. Yeah. You know, it's a musical, so the musical numbers are going to be my favorite. They're part all of the amazing. Movie. I have no, there's no musical number that I'm like, I can skip this. <laughs> it, oh God, yeah. Like, artistically and technically wise, they are all like way up high. Like, it's so hard to pick them in order. Um, for me, I'm going to go just sentimental wise. Like, when I was younger, my favorite, what well, my favorite songs and dances were um so my number one favorite and it, it was a little hard because like I get I'm like oh I love this part and I love this part yeah. too and I'm just like oh, okay <laughs> but my favorite that really has just been in touch with me forever is good morning that it's just the main three characters just dancing that dancing is insane For real it's so like hard. Like, you watch it back and you're just like, oh my goodness. The way that they just... They have the... And the thing is so... They have the stairs, oh. the couch, the costumes. And Good Morning is one it's of those numbers so that, like, even if you haven't seen Singing in the Rain, you know the song. Good you know Morning. the song. Whether mm-hmm. it be from oh, a so commercial good. or something. But I remember before I even saw Singing in the Rain, I knew that song. I didn't know that it came from mm-hmm. Singing in the Rain. But I was like, I know the song Good Morning. <laughs> yeah. It's again iconic. We're we're always going to be using that word iconic, mm-hmm. but you know what? It's the golden age of Hollywood. Everything from then oh, is it's iconic. Truly, it's been it's one of the top films ever. <laughs> mhm. Absolutely. And uh, so then my second favorite sentimentally is "Make Him Laugh." Of course. This <laughs> this song and sing is just it's so good. It's Donald O'Connor solo. And it's just brilliant. And, like, it literally makes you smile. You can't can't help but laugh at it. (laughs) Yeah, it uplifts your soul. You laugh. You smile. And it's so good. And, again, like, the athletics, like, him jumping off the walls and everything. And then at the end, my favorite part, (laughs) when he goes up the last wall, but it's paper and he just flies through it. He he did a lot of crazy things for that number. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. One of my favorite other facts is uh, he had to actually be hospitalized almost after recording that number for the first time. Um, I know. I read that and I was like, he basically, wow. he slept I'm not for surprised. Like three days <laughs> Honestly, I'm not thing. surprised. But mm-hmm. then, because he was, at the time, he like openly said he was smoking about five packs of cigarettes a day, mm-hmm. which is, first off, insane. I know. I'm like... We don't smoke, so I'm like, how many I don't know if- like cigarettes are in a pack? Because, like, how do you do that? I feel like you have no time to do anything else other than smoke back then. But I don't know. That that was the day. Back I mean, then. that was just a thing. I you think, know. but I I just remember reading it, and I was like, oh my god! I like wonder if you had like how many times did you actually have to take this scene kind of thing? <laughs> but mm-hmm. the first reel of that scene was lost. So he then, after mm-hmm. this whole, like, rest that he finally got, after doing this insane number, he had to re-record it. Yep. I just... Professional oh ideas. You know, that's just what we do. You get it done. Which I don't know if that's the number that ended up in the movie or whatever, but you wouldn't... Pro- I'm going to say yes. You wouldn't be able to tell. In my assumption, yes. You can't tell by the one <sighs> in the movie. Yeah. And then, of course, my other favorite one... Moses supposes is so good. It's so underrated. Again, the choreography, it is underrated, absolutely. But the choreography, just when they're like 
dancing on top of the chair and off the chair and then on top of the chair and then off the chair again. I'm just like, they flow like they're on wires or something. Like, Like, I almost honestly thought that, like, they were being connected by, like, something. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, uh, Derek Huff, if you guys don't know from Dancing with the Stars, he um, portrayed, he did, like, a little animation dance of Moses the Poses. And I'm just like, how do you pick up all that choreography? Because I have tried with, like, Fred Astaire films. And I can pick up some, but some tabs are just so intricate. I'm like, how do you, how do you do it? It's just so good. And... Oh, it's, yeah, I love it. And then, for me, of course, Gene Kelly, every film has a 10 to 15 minute dance ensemble, of whatever. Course. Usually, they are not my favorite moments of the film. Sorry, Mr. Kelly. Um, but in this film, I do enjoy the gotta dance. So, like, the beginning part, I like. It kind of dies down for me throughout the last half. But the gotta dance part, I enjoy yeah. it. And then, of course, Singing in the Rain, the title one's great. Um, Can't go wrong with it. But compared compared to my other top three, I'm just like, those, ugh, those yeah. are great. What are, what are your favorite <laughs> moments or musical numbers? I want to go with musical yada, numbers yada, yada. for right now because I feel like moments mm-hmm. is a whole other topic. That'll take um, a couple hours. <laughs> again, I'll try to condense this as best, just the whole movie. Can, as best that I can. Um because I have other people. I want to show this movie to as many people as possible. So I'm like, I don't want to spoil this. Um, but yeah, one of my favorite musical numbers. I would have to say number one. Um, I don't know. This is really hard. I mean, you don't have to put them in order. Okay, I, I can't I put, them in, put order. them in order. But no, you don't have to. <laughs> but I would say like my top three, like if I was going to like the ones that I'm like, I either have to rewatch them or like they're that amazing that I can listen to them outside of like the outside of like watching this movie um, are going to be one singing in the rain. Cause I just, the, the dancing in that number is one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. And I love the ending where he's just splashing in puddles. It made me really want yeah. to do that one day, but again, I can't do that because we live in California. So I don't, we have our rare moments. <laughs> we don't have the opportunity to go dance and splash in puddles. <laughs> yeah. That's why when I, I was at Dan- uh, I was at Disneyland one time when it rained, and there was a lamppost in Main Street, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Aaron, take a photo of me. This is my yep. moment. And so I did the Gene Kelly singing in the rain pose. I do not like the rain, so this was a <laughs> big moment for me. Um, but I love Disneyland, and you know what? I was like, iconic. I know. I'm gonna I have do not it, and I did it because no one will go to Disneyland with me in the rain. So, one day I will get my chance. Um, but I would say this one is really tied for it. I love the number between Debbie Reynolds and Gene Kelly. You were meant for me. I mm-hmm. love that number. It's another underrated one because people just don't even realize that they like people just don't remember it. But I just think it's the sweetest song. Like ever (laughs) like if you listen to the lyrics of it it's so sweet and so beautiful and the dancing in between like the dancing in between and the lighting and her costume it's it's just a beautiful number and I love it so much oh my goodness I'm tasking you with this please tell my future husband like Mm -hmm. to quote this song to me (laughs) And then it's meant to be. If like, he does. I don't. That's a hint. If he quotes it, you're marrying like, him. 
Oh my goodness. (laughs) I don't care if you want to put this in your wedding vows, write me a letter the day of our wedding and put this song in it. That's a good idea. I think that would be perfect. (laughs) Because I might literally cry all my makeup. Might as well. But I love this song. I love the it's just the sweetest. It's one of my favorite love songs of all time. And I don't really love love songs very much, so that's saying something. Uh, but probably my last one has it's it's got to be make them laugh. It's that good. Oh, it's so that good. good. It's so amazing. Like we said earlier, it's the athleticism that Donald O'Connor displays in that song. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it just never fails to make me happy. Yeah, and like you said, even when you're not watching the movie, you just hear yeah. it, and it still makes you just feel so much better. You can picture what he's doing, and yeah. yeah. No, it's it's amazing. Those are those have got to be at least, like, some of my top three. As good as, like, Good Morning and the Broadway Ballet is, they're still amazing. Like, again, I love this movie so much, but um, they're, uh, they're just some of the songs that I'm like, okay. But, you know, Good Morning's iconic. Again, it's one of the songs that you mm-hmm. know... Oh, yeah. Even before you see the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. I get so excited (laughs) for that part every time. I don't blame you. All right. (laughs) All right. So if we were to rate this movie out of 10, 10 being the best, for me, I I went back and forth a little bit, but I'm going with this. Um, I would probably put it and nine out of ten because it is so great there are moments where i do die out a little bit i i okay again like mostly it's that broadway melody at the end end that kind of just kills it off for me there were moments when i first started watching this movie and not the whole end but just the dance i'm just like it's so long yeah and like for me i'm not for some reason, he does, like, a lot of modern dancing for his big ensembles. Not all the time, but sometimes. And for me, mo- like, really modern dance is not my favorite type of dance. And I think that's why I don't care for it much. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if you think of modern dancing today, that's not what we're talking about. It's modern dance No, 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 no. yeah. Uh, technically, technique, technically modern dance. Not modern dance, like... Yeah, what teenagers do nowadays. No. no, no, no. It's technically modern dance. You don't know what that is. Go research it. It is very different. It's not what you think it is. So, and then there's some modern that's like very modern and kind of weird. And yeah, interesting. You know, it's all opinions. So, yeah, Everybody has their opinion. opinion. So yeah, I. Yeah, so I would go with nine out of ten overall because it's still. Like, the musical numbers overall are just fabulous. And, of course, Lena Lamont is an iconic character mm-hmm. to last forever and ever. You know my rating. <laughs> you know oh, my of rating. of course. 10 out, out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10, 10 out, out of 10. 10. I love this musical. Again, it's my second favorite musical. The only movie that tops it is Mary Poppins. And that's because Mary Poppins has the most sentimental value to me. I would give mm-hmm. Mary Poppins a 20 out of 10. <laughs> like, it's one of those kind of movies. Of course. But... Singing in the Rain is just such a 10 out of 10 movie. It's so iconic. It's, it, it, oh my God, I could talk about this movie forever. I could watch this movie all the time. It's that amazing to me. It's one of those movies, like I said, it has some of my favorite songs in it. Um, yeah, it's 
it's amazing. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. All right. Well, now this last bit of today's episode, we're going to be talking more about production facts and film facts, which I love. <laughs> Very I excited. Really interested anyway. to learn some of these because I didn't know all of them before watching mm-hmm. the movie. So I wrote out all of my facts and then I actually watched the movie again last night knowing all of these things. And I just found it even more interesting because I was like, Mm-hmm. You can pick out certain things. You're like, oh, I know the backstory of this, or I know how much that yeah. cost. <laughs> Which the, some of the cost education of is insane. People like absolutely crazy. So, so basically, the final budget for this film ended up coming out to two million five hundred and forty dollars. Wait, five hundred forty thousand dollars. Hold on. I'm really bad at pronouncing money. I know. <laughs> but I was reading this to my dad the, yesterday, too, and I completely read it wrong. I was like, wait, I'm pretty hold sure on. $2,540,800. Million. $2 million <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> I was never good at reading money, especially once we get past 1000 I I'm really bad at it. Like, um, eh. But it ended up making a $7.7 million profit. Uh, which this budget was over was over budget by six hundred and sixty five thousand dollars. Now, guys, keep in mind, like that does sound like a lot of money, but, in the 50s, but for film like... nowadays, not too bad. In the fifties, oh, you time like multiply it by two. I would say I would say somewhere so, around there. Yeah, but, I don't know. Um, yeah. So basically, I can kind of pinpoint where some of the over budget came from in some kind of way this movie is very technical like they had to do a lot of different things to it Uh, but one of the things obviously we know that I love costuming and I love fashion Um, but $157,000 of this movie went to costuming alone and that is insane to me because I'm just like but Actually, the person who uh, styled this was Walter Plunkin, Plunkinets. I don't know how to say his name. Um, But he has been quoted as saying that this was the most work he had ever done for a movie. Which is weird to me. Again, because he worked on Gone with the Wind. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, if you compare to that, that's kind of crazy, He worked on Gone with the Wind. And this was a harder and more work movie that he had done. Probably, honestly, it's more than likely just because people in the 50s, when this came out in 52, and it's set around the late 1920s. So, yeah, basically, people still remembered what the late 1920s looked like. So you kind of had to get the costumes, like, perfect. And they actually did. If you... If you like had listened to our fashion episode and you rewatched this movie, there are so many different things that you're like, oh my god, like this is what the actual costumes would have looked like. But they created over 500 costumes for this movie, and it's insane. But all the costumes are simply beautiful. I almost wish I could have Liam Lamont's closet. <laughs> like if only, yeah. It's so gorgeous. It's very over the top. Which it would have been for a celebrity of the time, but at the same time, like it's gorgeous. And there's a scene. Um, I don't know if it's called Beautiful Girls, but it's like they're basically like 
kind of like dancing. It's when like the whole talkies are starting to come up. Uh, mm-hmm. And they start going through the fashions of the time. So all these different things. And I love that scene so much as well because it's the fashions that they show are just gorgeous. Um, but I also found it funny because we talked about the Broadway ballet sequence. And that scene alone cost $600,000. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even surprised, it honestly. It cost $600,000. It took a month to rehearse and two weeks to shoot it. But it is apparently Gene, it is of course Gene Kelly's favorite part in the entire musical. <laughs> of course. It's again, the whole scene ends on a freaking zoom up of his face. Like it, it's his number. Oh, mm-hmm. but I just found that so funny that the budget went over $665,000 and the late addition to the movie of the Broadway ballet cost $600,000. So I don't know if there goes there the money. Go. That's where. But hey, they got lucky and made a pretty nice profit oh, yeah. out of it. It was pretty good. Um, basically. Critics didn't always love the movie. They thought that An American in Paris, which was Gene Kelly's movie right before this, uh, mm-hmm. was a little bit more technical of a film, um, but that people really liked this movie. And it's interesting to me, you you see it now, and people think that this is a better musical and things like that than American in Paris. So it kind of yeah. flipped. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I need to watch, rewatch American in Paris again. I've only seen it once and eh, it I mean, fine. I obviously, I, I gotta give it I another prefer chance. this one, obviously, but I mean, that's just me. But I just found it funny because it, it reflects in the, like, awards that this movie was uh, nominated for and things like that. Alright, well, one of my favorite facts that a lot of people tend to not know unless you know you do your research like I do <laughs> uh, and I, I feel like you know this especially since you did your research yesterday um, but and the you know the biggest number of the movie uh, Singing in the Rain in Singing in the Rain uh, Gene Kelly was incredibly sick while filming it <laughs> he had a 103 degree fever while he was filming that song and dance number and just imagine getting poured on with rain while you're that sick amazing like that that's just how the pros do it guys and you wouldn't be able to tell and... when watching the movie you can't no you no. have no idea and that that's one thing i just love about performers and athletes like unless you are bedridden even if you are bedridden you're still going to try and perform you literally have to have so many people tell you uh no you can't do that because you're sick or injured or whatever. But apart from that, you're going to try to do whatever you can. And I love that. And then also, um, so the title song was shot outdoors on one of the permanent streets built in the studio back lot. It was the east side street. Um, so the area is actually blacked out with tarp instead of shooting at night, which that I actually did not know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had to be lit from behind so that the rain was visible to the camera, but without the carbon arc lights reflecting in the shop window. So there's like not a glare, basically. And in addition to still this one scene, um, if uh, you're a fan of like, you know, 80s, 90s sitcoms, you might realize that, hey, this singing in the rain 
background and scene looks familiar. And that is because it is used for the street scenes in the very popular sitcom Seinfeld. I was like, that's new. I'm not surprised because a lot of old Hollywood backgrounds are still used in a lot of movies oh, yeah. today. You can point out at least a couple just Which is from so cool. this movie alone. <laughs> okay. So one other thing I actually found super interesting, just because, again, like a lot of stars back then, you were contracted with basically one studio. Um, sort of mm-hmm. thing, but the studio system. Oh, yes. But I found it interesting that Gene Kelly basically used this film as his ticket out of his MGM contract. Like he he was not happy with MGM. Interesting, because MGM was like the that big was one. The big, it was the big then. one, but basically he was angry because they wouldn't let him accept like other roles from like other film studios, which. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if they were from other film studios or even just like in other inside in studio, but they would you would they would pick and choose basically what roles you would go out for and what roles like you would get kind of thing. So mm-hmm. he was pretty angry basically that he couldn't go out for roles that he really wanted to. And one movie that I found really interesting that he actually wanted to do was Guys and Dolls which was released in 1955 and it's weirdly one of the first movies I ever saw from old Hollywood because I had to watch this movie in my freshman year theater class because our school was putting on a production Mm -hmm. of it yep I Uh, remember I I went to that (laughs) yeah so I just found that interesting because obviously guys and dolls the two main dudes are played by Frank Sinatra and Marlon Brando of all people Mm -hmm. um Which is a whole other story, a lot of backstory behind that. Um, but I just found that interesting. I was like, who would Gene Kelly have replaced? Because I can't, I know, I can't right? picture any other one. So, I mean, I've never seen the movie. I only saw the musical that one time. It's really good. I mean, I guess maybe Sinatra. Actually, because they did films, to, they did three films yeah. together. Maybe he would have been partnered up with Sinatra again. I mean, it's a possibility, but actually, hmm. I really like Marlon Brando in this movie. It's one of the only Marlon Brando yeah. movies I've seen. As criminal as that probably sounds. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, same. I've only seen one of his. It's stuff? one of the only movies I've seen. It's he's one of those actors too that I kind of want to look into more of his movies, obviously because he has some iconic movies. Um, but that's. Stella, <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole different episode. We gotta get back in um, track here. But we'll obviously have other episodes and things like that. But I wouldn't want Gene Kelly to replace uh, Marlon Brando as Sky. But I mean, again, he was angry that basically he couldn't go out for these roles. Um, but yeah, I just found that interesting because a lot of stars, like you don't really think of them being like too angry with the studio or these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And plus he was getting big roles. Like this wasn't anything that like he, he wasn't doing well in his career. Like his career was thriving. So mm-hmm. oh, of I just found that interesting. Especially in oh, the yeah. 50s. Especially oh, 50s. Yeah. yeah. But um, shockingly, it, it took time to come around really. Like in the 40s, he was definitely known in the 40s, but I don't, he, in my opinion, I don't think it, he was really big until Singing in the Rain yeah. came out. Or actually, Scratch That, probably American, and American in Paris. American Paris probably was, like, one of those movies that, like, kind of put him on the map. But, like, as we talked mm-hmm. about in one of our first episodes, 
he's one of the top 10 actors of the golden age. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what number mm-hmm. he ranked, but he's known now as one of the greatest actors. Yeah, I think he was like, he was definitely yeah. in the top 10. No, he was definitely in the top 10 because I remember mentioning Somewhere. him because he was one of my honorable mentions. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and one of my last facts that is actually kind of sad. Um, so there's actually only one surviving star from this movie. Um, and and she only had a, a very tiny I role, but her. you what I I had no idea because I think you saw like her Twitter post oh, yeah. or something, and that would have been the same thing yeah, for me too. I and saw, I'm like, hold the front I saw the door on Instagram where she was doing like TMC was doing a marathon of her movies, basically probably for like her birthday or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I remember I saw Singing in the Rain on there because it was one of the like, it was one what? of the earlier movies that she had done. And I was like, I remember I sent it to you and I was like, wait a second, who is she in Singing in the Rain? Because I do yep. not remember her at all. She doesn't really yep. speak. I, like, I researched so <laughs> fast. I was like, wait, what the heck? Typed her name she, in. I was like, oh my I, god, it I is her. And I remember I watched the movie like almost, I watched it either within the couple days and I was looking mm-hmm. for her. I was like, oh my god, wh- where is she? And when I actually saw her, I was like, that's her. That's, That's her. her. I know. I know it was her. I wish they would have let her dance in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, but we are obviously talking about the lovely Rita Moreno. Uh, she is her. the only surviving star from this movie. Really sad, obviously, because, you know, we always get so sad whenever uh, stars pass. But with mm-hmm. Debbie Reynolds passing, uh, she became the. Yeah, she was the last one. And she now, became yeah, Rita the Moreno. last one. And it's so it's again. Like we said, we didn't even know she was in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think we found out maybe a yeah, year ago. Yeah, because I watch it now and I'm so like, it was recent. I watch it now and I'm like, oh yeah, that's Rita Moreno. But mm-hmm. I just remember the pure shock of like messaging you and being it, like, yeah. what? Blue are mine. Um, and she's gorgeous in this movie too because she was younger. So oh, of course, but yeah. They actually had her with red hair in this movie, which I remember just. Is it red? It's definitely it's, it's a red. different color. Yeah, it's red, but. It's, Interesting. She plays like a she plays like a typical flapper, uh, one of the stars of the thing, and she, I think she only has like two lines, sort of thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, maybe if you know that's Rita Moreno. You you see her, you're like, yeah, no, yeah. that's Rita Moreno. Yeah, once you know it stands yeah. out, you will never miss you're it like, again. That's who that is? She's one of those people that you um, you pick up on easily. Hmm. And then one of the facts I found out to be interesting, I'm not entirely surprised because filmmaking is very technical, um, but it's still like, wow. Uh, for Good Morning, when they finish the musical sequence and they fall on the couch, that falling on the couch, or excuse me, I should probably say sitting on the couch, falling. They're you know, kind of falling. They're, like... probably, they're probably falling on the couch because they just did that whole dance number and they're probably dead exhausted, even though they're laughing after it. Anyway, that moment took 40 takes. I 40. Four, zero. Like, like, again, like, it's like, oh, you're sitting on a couch. It shouldn't take that long. But they're standing and then going full sitting. And it's like you have to be in They're sync. Standing and falling. You gotta make sure it looks you need good. To land perfectly all together. Like when you watch that scene, it's exactly. Flawless. But mm-hmm. that's perfect. And I'm that's why it took forty <laughs> takes. But dang. And then yeah. 
And then one of my favorite facts, which I'm pretty sure I did mention earlier on. Um, so again, good morning. Incredibly difficult taxing choreography. Yeah. Debbie Reynolds was only 17 at the time of filming this movie. And she was with men who've been in the business much longer than her. And uh, also like 20 years older mm-hmm. than her. So she was completely breaking down. She was sitting underneath a piano and she's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. It's so hard. And then who comes around? Mr. Fred Astaire, who happens to be filming next door, you know, and uh, he takes her to his, uh, his rehearsal room. Now, if you know Fred Astaire, he's very private when he's choreographing. No one is allowed unless it's his uh, other choreographer friend, uh, Hermes Pan. That is it. He literally has a security guard standing outside sometimes to make sure no one interrupts him. That's not surprising. (laughs) He allows, yeah, he allows Debbie Reynolds to come for one hour and watch him rehearse. And he's all, like, at the end, he's red-faced, sweating, can barely breathe. And I looked up the interview again so I could see exactly what she said he told her. Mm So, Mr. Fred Astaire says, you see how hard it is? It never gets easier. This is the way it is. Now you go learn it. And she replied, yes, sir. It's crazy. Honest. Oh, I love she, that. <laughs> I, when I'm rewatching the movie, honestly, I know that, again, this is the queen of dubbing in this scene. So, her tapping, her tap, like, sounds in, the, in that scene were actually dubbed over. Like, Jean Kelly mm-hmm. ended up deciding to dub over her tap. But even with that, yeah. she still, like, is able to hold her it's own. It's hard. Like, you yeah. don't... Because even if even if everything is dubbed, you're still yeah, doing you're the still work. you're still doing because... the dancing. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're not a dancer, you don't know. Like, missing one tap, you think, like, oh, you might not notice. But if you're, like, purposely missing the tap, it is so noticeable. So you have to go completely full out. And keep mm-hmm. up with the other and the, guys. And she did. Who, she, again, have been yeah, in the, She yeah. matches them completely. I would have never... The, before doing all these honest, like, production facts, I would have never guessed that that was... I mean, I would have probably guessed that that was the hardest number for her, but I mm-hmm. just... I think that's so insane. And... Yeah. And, I mean, dubbing, at least, like, I know in Fred Astaire, like, he dubbed all his own mm-hmm. taps again. But that's part of the movie-making process, because it's not going to sound yeah. clear if you use just... The actual and the, take. The tapping you have to is go over the sound. Like it's so mm-hmm. you can hear every little thing. Sometimes I honestly wonder, like, how how do they do that? And now I know it's dubbing. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's just something. It's like nowadays when um, if you're watching a musical, they're not singing live, really. Like unless it's special circumstances or whatever. I mean, they might but, be singing like, live. If there's a whole filming, musical number, but at the same time, like. They're going to yeah. play. <laughs> yeah, but in the film, the live part does not make it. They previously record the soundtrack ahead mm-hmm. of time. And so technically, that was what is, that's what you're hearing in the movie. Yeah. So it's, that's basically the same thing as dubbing back then. That's just what I mean, was done. She, she is openly quoted as saying that this was one of the two hardest things she's ever done. She said that this movie and childbirth were two of the... Oh, hardest God. things that she ever had to do. I think I'd rather do the <laughs> dancing than give childbirth <laughs> without drugs. Yeah, 100%. I don't care. Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire, put me into shape. I will happily oh do it. Um, but yeah, and keep in mind, 
she was seeing Fred Astaire doing all his dance work. He was already in his 50s by this time when they met. Exactly. 50-year-old man. Of course, it's Fred Astaire, but he's in his 50s, honey. You're 17. Doing anything this important you can do at it. 17. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. That's still so crazy to me. Yeah. And so, even though uh, it wasn't the critics' favorite, um, it was nominated for two Oscars. It was for Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Jean Which Hagen. Which she deserves. And, yes, absolutely. And uh, for, the best, for Best Music Scoring of a Musical Picture. Now, however, they did happen to win one Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Comedy Musical for the most well-deserved Donald O'Connor. I'm like, thank God he won. Oh, he I did. Like, he, he, yes. he did amazing. <laughs> uh, that's his. A hundred percent. That is his. And they were also nominated for one more Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture in Musical or Comedy. It still genuinely surprises me that, like this didn't win all the awards of the time because I think of it now mm-hmm. and I'm like this would have swept the Oscars <laughs> or something yeah. like that and again it's known as one of the top movies of all time like like we said before there's a lot of different rankings and things like that but um, I have a couple that um, I know that they've done so 2007 American Film Institute ranked it the number five greatest movie of all time. Like, of all time. And that's just of all movies. Like, not even just musicals. And it's actually, it's like really well regarded as one of the best musicals of all time. Like, I just did a film and music course, uh, music and film course. I always get those wrong. And one of the whole, our, one of the whole sections I had to learn about and even was quizzed about was about singing in the rain and how much of an impact it had on society and pop culture. So, and then it was voted the 10th greatest film by Entertainment Weekly, uh, but it was the highest musical that they ranked. So no other musical made it into list, but singing in the rain did. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's that amazing. Yeah. And, and I mean, Awards, yeah, definitely are important, especially, like, if the movie is struggling and you need it to succeed, same with Broadway. It's important to continue a show mm-hmm. running. Um, if you're nominated for a Tony, you need to win yeah. that Tony in order to continue. Um, but, yeah, even though awards are important, it shows that if it's a good musical or a good movie that touches many people, it, it's going it to last a lifetime time. and forever. Exactly. Now it's true. As it is now. Yeah. It's over 50 years old and it's, yeah, still classified as one of the most iconic musicals. It's still of all making time. impacts in people's lives and things like that. Like, I honestly have plenty. I, I will show this movie to as many people as I possibly can and have no regrets. My children will watch this musical someday. I will. Sing, <laughs> oh, of course. They need to be I properly will sing educated. All these with- songs are on my house future husband you can deal with it <laughs> oh, i love production facts it's so much fun i can't wait for the next movie we gotta discuss we'll have to figure movie. out what that's gonna be or musical or whatever it is i have a couple ideas running i'll run them past, well, past I, we'll, we'll, we'll see by, we'll by like i this was one of my favorite movies we'll go we'll pick one of yours we'll go with that 
All right. Well, then you already know what it is. And our listeners, if you remember from our previous episodes, you might know what it is, too. <laughs> but we'll still just We're still going to figure it out. We, we plan this as far in advance as we can, everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. So in any case, join us next week where we will be doing a very special birthday episode for an actor that is very near and dear to our hearts and has made such an impact on the film industry and things like that. If you can't guess it by those clues, go back and listen to our last episodes. <laughs> You'll know. We've, we've mentioned this person quite a bit. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and not, not just film, but <clears throat> TV. That, that's the dead giveaway go. right There's there, your guys. clue. TV history. If you don't know, Google. It'll be a fun Google. one. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a fun excited. one. I'm very excited. And uh, we're very, yeah, we're, we're very excited for this one. We've been looking forward for this one actually yes. for a while. And now it's it about is time. time. I'm so happy because there's no other like birthdays that we're going to be discussing for a while. So I'm excited. <laughs> Yay. Um, All right. Thanks, guys, and uh, we'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed us ranting about Singing in the Rain. Mm -hmm.